We go along in this life following God as born-again Christians, as the elect of God, doing the things that we are shown by the Spirit of God to do. And then all of a sudden, our flesh rises up and we're shocked at what has come out of our mouth. And we see a bad fruit. And we're sometimes disappointed in our flesh. We should have known better. We should have done better. You can beat yourself up sometimes because your flesh has risen up and you've done something and you should have known better. But one thing we have to understand, flesh is flesh and it never improves. You can't make your flesh improve. It is just waiting to take over and do its thing. So really, it is a matter of controlling the flesh by the Spirit of God. And sometimes it is good to remove that thing that prompted our flesh to flare up. I have an example of that happening in my life. I was watching the evening news and it was during the time when they had that 100th anniversary of that massacre in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where white people rose up against black people and killed them. I was watching the news when they were talking about that, and one newscaster said, it's the worst massacre we have ever seen in the United States history concerning race. And I thought, well, what about the Civil War? What about Reconstruction, I was thinking later. That period of Reconstruction after the Civil War was just horrible. And it went on for more than a decade. And I was very puffed up, sort of like that getting inside me, and just, I was very puffed up. And when we're puffed up that way, and we think someone else has done something so silly, we often want to tell someone about it. Someone else, Pam walked in about that time, and I told her, and she didn't really agree with me. And then that caused strife, and for a few minutes, we were striving with each other. We both have the Spirit of God in us. It didn't take long before God caused a unity of the Spirit again, but for ever such a brief time, there was even a disagreement between Pam and I. I turned to God and asked him the prayer that David prayed in Psalm 51. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Well, he did. I was brought to a level ground very quickly. And I also understood that when I watch that television news in the evening, no good fruit comes from it. No good fruit comes to me as a result of watching it. It sort of tickles the flesh. So I decided I should not be watching it, and I heard a confirmation from God in the form of a scripture. If your right hand offends you, cut it off. When we take an action like that to stop something that we have been doing for several weeks or several months, because we see a bad fruit rise up in us. When we decide to stop that action, 
there's a little fear inside us too that you might stop it at first, but you might not be able to continue withdrawing from it. We're not under a bondage to continue to withdraw from it. But there is a fear, a momentary fear. And I just prayed over it. God help me. The day that I removed all the newscasts from my television recording system so they wouldn't automatically record, the day that I removed it, I thought, well, but what will I do during that hour that I'm usually watching that? I prayed over that. That day the evening news came on, which I had deleted from my recorder, and I was relieved not to be watching it. I felt a great relief. That's been several weeks ago that this happened. I can tell you that I have no problem at all now when it comes time for the television news. I'm basically relieved that I'm not watching it. Every once in a while, I will pull up Internet news on my computer. They show on CNN International the headlines. And if you want to see the story, you can click on the headline. But most of the time, I don't want to read the story. And I find that most of the time, I just kind of skim over it and don't even get all the way through the listing before I'm bored and I just leave it that day. The hold, I believe, is broken that was on me. At least I know I'm not producing bad fruit because of the newscast. The fruits of the Spirit are listed for us in Galatians chapter 5, and the works of the flesh are listed for us in Galatians chapter 5. You look down at your hand, do you see a fleshly body? Yes, you do. Because as long as we are alive on this earth, we live in a fleshly body. And the flesh will rise up and do the works of the flesh unless the Spirit of God rises up in us and we deliberately choose to go in the way of the Spirit. Look at Galatians chapter 5 for a moment. In verse 16, Paul says, Walk in the Spirit. That means follow what the Spirit of God shows you to do, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And he says, The flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if ye be led by the Spirit, then you're going to overcome that flesh by what the Spirit of God shows you to do. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, that's living by superstitions, hatred, Variance, to vary with another person, to argue, debate, strive. Emulations, which is to exalt yourself above another person. Thinking yourself to be better, smarter, brighter than the other person. 
wrath, which you really want to see that other person gets what's coming to them when you have wrath. Strife, seditions, heresies. Envies, murders, drunkenness, revilings, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, says Paul, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. As born-again people who are the elect of God, we have been given by God the Spirit of God to live in us. The Spirit of God will produce the fruits of the Spirit when we're following what He tells us to do. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. When we're following what the Spirit says, the flesh cannot produce the works it wants to produce. We will even make the flesh suffer because the Spirit of God will tell us to do one thing. The flesh wants us to do exactly the opposite thing. So when we deny the flesh and do what the Spirit wants done, it makes the flesh suffer. It does not get its own way. The flesh wants to hate people. The Spirit wants to help people. That's a big conflict between hating people and helping people. Hating people and loving people. The one we follow is the one that's going to be in control. But the flesh never disappears until we die or are taken off this earth and changed into our new spiritual bodies. Then we won't have this flesh to deal with. In our new spiritual bodies that we will be given, we will be taken into the new heaven, the new earth, which is created by God for the elect of God. We will be taken there at the end of this world. That is described in Revelation 21. God showed this new heaven and new earth to the Apostle John. He describes it for us in Revelation 21. Start at verse 1. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he, God, will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things are passed away. If we did not have these human bodies, we would have no more pain. If we did not have these human bodies, we would even have no more emotion. If we didn't have flesh, we wouldn't have fleshly emotions. In the new heaven and the new earth, we are given new spiritual bodies. For the flesh cannot 
go into heaven because it cannot inherit the things of God because corruption cannot inherit incorruption. And Paul explains to us that we will have new spiritual bodies. It won't be this flesh that we know today. We will be changed into our new spiritual bodies, which are created in the image of God. As we have been created in the image of our parents, we will be created in the image of God. People say, you look like your aunt, or you look like your uncle, or you look like your dad or your mother. We are created in the image of our ancestors. In heaven, we will be created in the image of God, who is a spirit, and we will have spiritual bodies. Paul explains all of that to us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. If you start reading around verse 48 and read down through 58, you will read about that. Well, we'll just read it right now. Start at verse 48 of 1 Corinthians 15. As the earthly, such are they also that are earthy. And as the heavenly, such are they that are also heavenly. As we have borne the image of the earthy, our parents and ancestors, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly of God, who is a spirit. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery, says Paul. We shall not all die, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Blink. Just blink your eyes. That is how fast we will be changed from this earthly body into our new heavenly body. And those who are still living at the time this happens, the trumpet of the angels of God will sound as Jesus collects the elect of God to take them into the air to be with him and to be with those who are the dead in Christ who have been resurrected. We will all be in our new spiritual bodies at that time. And Jesus will take us to the new heaven and the new earth for God will destroy this present earth and the present heaven as a judgment of God on the world. The plagues of God of the great tribulation come. The heaven and earth are shaken. Jesus returns and gathers the elect of God. But Jesus returns through the clouds. It doesn't actually say he comes to this earth. They see him coming in the clouds, and all the earth mourns because they have not followed him. But the elect of God rejoice, and the angels of God gather the elect of God to remove us from this present earth 
to take us up into the heavens to be with Jesus and the resurrected who have been raised from the dead. And we are taken to the new heaven and the new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. One time I was reading that scripture in Second Peter chapter 3 when it talked about the new heaven and the new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. And there was an instant revelation from God. You'll never be able to make this present earth righteous. It's the new heaven and the new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Some people want to make this current earth righteous. They want to improve the people of the current earth and make them righteous. And that's their goal. Many religious types have that as their goal, to make things better on this earth. We who are the elect of God work at keeping ourselves in peace. Keeping our own selves in peace by following God. Keeping our own flesh under control by following the Spirit of God. We will never make this present earth righteous. It just gets worse and worse until the end, when God brings his judgment upon it. I have come to see it this way. We have the apostate church, where they've cast aside scripture and follow doctrines made up by men. We have the world, which follows whatever they want to do and can come up with, And we, the elect of God, are sort of in the middle. And we're as if we're walking through between the apostate church and the world. It's just like the Red Sea parting and we walk on dry ground and go through it as we follow God, paying no attention really to the the apostate church, nor do we pay attention to this world. We, the elect of God, belonging to God, being born again of the Spirit of God, we stay in peace by following what the Spirit of God has for us to do. And if we are concerned about anything, do Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, where Paul says, be careful for nothing. Now, he didn't stop that verse right there. Paul said, be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. If you have any concern whatsoever, turn to God in prayer. Talk to God about it. Let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, keeps your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You feel like a weight has lifted off your shoulder when you begin talking to God about the problem. Often he will bring a word by his spirit to your mind. Follow that. Comfort yourself by that word delivered by the Spirit of God who is the comforter. Focus on the scripture brought to your mind. Live in Him.
but it's just exactly like we are walking through the Red Sea on dry ground with the apostate church piled up on one side, the world piled up on the other side, and God making that way for us right through the middle. And that's the way we go as we walk on this earth, following the Spirit of God second by second, living in peace. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.